Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Two days are done with the 2022 NFL Draft. And here to recap it, I'm with my co-host Ryan Roberts, Joe DeLeon, here on the NFL Draft Prospects Podcast. We're going to be talking about day two of the NFL Draft. Ryan, it was another odd day. A lot of unexpected twists and turns. A lot of guys getting drafted way earlier than I think we expected. The quarterbacks end up going super, super late. It's just, yet again, here we are with an unpredictable draft class, despite us trying to make it somewhat predictable. Well, you, I think you still have Cordell Flott on your on the back of your mind, my friends. That uh, nice nice uh, message you sent me I, last night. I literally, there was an expletive in there, but I'm not going to say it. I literally texted Ryan after that pick, and I said, who the, the heck is Cordell Flott? And I, I, I like to think that, despite not watching as much film as Ryan does, and I'd yeah. like to change that next cycle, I, I, I like to at least think I know who certain guys are. I have never heard of Cordell Flott before, <laughs> who's the new New York Giant corner, who probably should not have been drafted as highly as he was. Yeah, it was a, that was one of the weirdest picks, man. Because I'm like, he's a lightly built nickel <laughs> type. It is, yeah, it's it's it was a it was a strange pick, especially when you have guys like uh, the kid from UTSA. His name just escaped me. The corner, Tariq Woolen, Joshua Williams from Fayetteville State. Like, we, there's a lot of corners still on the board, and that was the selection for some reason. I think the biggest takeaway for me is that we, third round wise, we eventually saw the quarterback run. We're going to talk about that specifically here today. We saw it, it's it's been very odd, kind of seeing a little bit of mix. You know, I felt like day one very, very exclusively, it was kind of a like analytically based draft right like there were a lot of guys that were drafted mostly on traits which it tends to happen but i feel like there was a right. big mix this um on day two and then joe can we talk about the fact that i know we're not looking ahead too much but man there's a lot of good names still out there on day three man like oh, i have a lot man. of day two grades still available it's nuts man it's absolutely crazy this depth of this class yeah we're we're gonna try not to to dive into the guys that are still on the board just because by yeah. the time some people watch this they might have already been selected but Nonetheless, as we were to, as we were saying, and I said in my lead-in, there's a lot of guys that just were drafted in really weird spots, and and we're at this this point where a lot of guys are still on the board. And you just mentioned two of them, Tariq Wool and Joshua Williams, just off the yeah. top of your head. But let's get into it, Ryan. Let's let's talk about this uh, the day two action. Before we do, though, I just want to tell our listeners about our partner Bet Online. If you want to bet on day three or Maybe you want to make some money betting on the NBA playoffs. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. 
And don't forget that the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to their website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. If we were to highlight, I think the three teams that are just running laps around people, it feels like they are playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers. And and I would also argue the Jets did make some moves and move around to, to get one of their guys that they got in the second round. But these guys, it feels like they've just been kind of staying put and allowing things to just kind of fall to them to a point where they're just snagging some really, really good football players. And it's not like this is personal conjecture here where we're, <clears throat> excuse me, where we're, we're trying to push our opinion and say like, oh, we really like these prospects better than other ones. I think a lot of people would agree some really good players fell into these teams' laps. So the three that came to mind, Ryan, the mm-hmm. Jets, the Ravens, and the Chiefs. So for some context, the, the the Ravens, after they got Kyle Hamilton and Tyler Linderbaum, Baum, they also managed to get David. Did I pronounce it right this time? I did pronounce it right this time. Thank you. Yes, you did. You did. You did. You're good. You're good. It's not, not Bam. It's Baum. 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 Okay. Baum. They managed to also get David Ajabo, who they benefit from him recovering from an Achilles injury. By the time he's back, he's going to be so dominant. And then in the third round... They end up with Travis Jones, who we talked about as being such an underrated, dominant defensive tackle prospect. The fact that they could not draft a single other player. They could draft all kickers. And I would argue that this is probably the single best draft, if not one, just at least one of the best drafts in 2022. Yeah, no, it, it really is. And I mean, they could just draft punt god Matt Ariza next and you you'd be good to go there man cuz best specialist to ever ever come out of the NFL draft I hope they do <laughs> then they'll right. then they'll immediately have the best draft Oh man can we, can we talk about it for a second though the fact that they just continue just like guys fall in their lap how did Travis Jones last into the third round you saw you saw him at the senior bowl man yeah. you saw him like could be blocked all week like all week he well, was a block went before him which was I don't hate, but I also yeah. I'm surprised that that's where we are right now. I I don't think that the drop off between Jordan Davis and Travis Jones is nearly to this high of a degree. Like Travis yeah. Jones should have been a second round pick. Like so, they get a great a great addition there to say the least. And David Ajabo obviously is not going to help you in 2022, but like he was going to be a top 20 pick before he got hurt, you know? So you're redshirt him for a year and then he's your dominant edge rusher on the other side of whoever. Like it doesn't matter anymore, man. Like it's just such great values and they continue to get like just more athletic, bigger, faster. Like it's just this is why the Baltimore Ravens, whether it was under Ozzie Newsome or under Eric DaCosta, this is why they're consistently good. They draft good football players, don't overthink them, let them fall right into in, in front of their face, and that's what the Ravens keep doing. It's just nuts. So, so that's kind of to my point where I was saying they're playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers. We get a lot of – it feels like this year we have a lot of teams overthinking some of these decisions. We saw that a ton of that in the first round. And here we are after two days of the draft, teams like the Ravens, and we're going to talk about the Chiefs and the Jets, it feels as if they're not overthinking. They're just watching the board fall as it is, and they're acknowledging, well, teams aren't going for this guy. 
But why would we pass on him? Like, I think that David Ajabo pick is a good example. The Travis Jones pick is a good example. Same thing with Kyle Hamilton, especially. I mean, I mean, you could you could argue that every one of those picks is a value. Well, no, you you can't even argue it. It is a value on every single one of those selections. Like if if Kyle Hamilton isn't a safety and he's just graded as a football player, he's a top five pick. Like I think that we all agree on that, right? Tyler Linderbaum, he may be specific to one system, but in that system, he's a top 10 player in this class and they got him at 25. David Ajabo was going to be a top 20 pick. You get him in the second round. Travis Jones should have been a second round pick easy. So literally you got players that for whatever reason, there was a little bit of a slide and for Ajabo, it was it was understandable. He had a little bit of an, he has an injury uh, coming off the Achilles injury. So that one yeah. makes sense. But like, I just don't understand why Travis Jones was there in the third round. I really don't like this kid's going to start early on in his career. And didn't, I believe, and don't quote me on this Ravens fans. I apologize. I don't follow the team as closely as I should probably, but I think they got rid of Brandon Williams this off season too. Right. So like they have a spot open at nose tackle. Do yeah. they not? I don't know off the top of my head. Cause yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm there. not tracking nose tackles in the Baltimore Ravens. That's not something. Oh, you're like not. <laughs> oh man. You probably know the long snapper for the team though. Uh oh my god, I don't know the long snapper for the team. I, I don't either. I mean, who does? Do you, how I many, used how many to know. Oh uh, my god. How, how many long snappers do you know in the NFL though, honestly? Like, do you know a lot? Uh, I could sit here and name if I'm not if I wasn't running on five hours of sleep, I I, I that's for I think for an off-season episode or like a mailbag. Yeah. I could easily Morgan Cox used to be it, and then Oh, mm-hmm. it's Nick Moore right now. He was a, a I I don't know with him. Oklahoma. Um, uh, we don't need to get into long snappers. Cal Adamite is soon to be picked. Cal Adamite, yeah. Man, I, I'd love the draft time of the year, though. You're running on five hours of sleep. I was running on like four or five hours of sleep the night before. You know what I yeah. ate this morning for, for breakfast? Because I what? got up on a weird... I had uh, favorite jelly beans this morning for breakfast. <laughs> I, I I didn't even have breakfast. I'm just I have my coffee. That's what I'm. Coffee's not breakfast, breakfast man. That's my point, breakfast. and I'm gonna feel like ass the whole day as I then have to now move after this, which is gonna be fantastic. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Ryan, I want to talk about the second team though. That fits that the description that we've discussed here, where they're just kind of being patient and allowing things to fall to them. The Kansas City Chiefs have consistently, and I, I said this the whole draft cycle. I said it on pod, podcast spots, radio spots. I've said it on the show. Be afraid of the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs have as many picks as they do because they are going to outwork the hell out of everybody with those picks. And anyone who doubted me or anyone who, who just in general doubted the Chiefs being able to do that, you should not have done that. And so far, what we, what we have here, Trent McDuffie, George Karloftis, great first day, especially the Karloftis pick at 30. They come back at pick 22 in round two and pick 30 to get Sky Moore, who is a fantastic fit for what they look for in receivers, especially after getting and signing two larger receivers during free agency. So they needed some speed to kind of, you're not going to replace Tyreek Hill with Sky Moore, but similar speed profile relatively, a little bit slower. Brandon Cook, or sorry, Brian Cook from Cincinnati was the mm-hmm. other pick that they have, who is a very quality safety. But the one that just pisses me off, <laughs> just pisses me off. And it's not like a like, oh, I'm jealous or like I'm upset that they got this player. But the fact that last year they drafted Nick Bolton and this year they drafted Leo Chanel to play next to him, and linebacker was a relative liability, that Mike spot. 
was a relative liability. The fact that that next season they're going to go in with two really, really good linebackers and Chanel is good enough to step in and start playing really well right away. It is frightening to know that that defense got this much better after only three rounds of the 2022 NFL draft. I'm not, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I made another good call here, Joe. Do you remember I said you don't need to draft a wide receiver in the first round? You can do this differently, and they're doing it differently, man. They are. I mean, when you think about it, Trent McDuffie's going to come in. He's going to start from day one. He's going to be a starting corner. I think he's going to be a quality player for them. George Karloftis is going to come in, oh. and he's going to be a starter. And then you move in. Sky Moore's going to play a lot of football. I know they have some veterans on the roster, but like he's going to play this year with Patrick Mahomes. There's no doubt about it. Brian Cook is the guy that like maybe he's not a starter year one, but he's going to play a lot of special teams. He's a big physical safety, and he's going to have a role in some capacity. Maybe he's a dimebacker, whatever it ends up being. Leo Chanel at pick, what what was it, 10-something? It was definitely in the hundreds. It was just like, guys, what what are we doing here? Because now last year Nick Bolton had to play Mike because you had Willie Gay Jr. who was the will. Who I like Willie Gay Jr. too, by the way. So I think you could play some three linebacker sets. But now you could just say, Leo, you're playing Mike. Nick, you're playing Will, and then we'll have Willie Gay Jr. mix in and mix in and match at different spots. So and that's it's just so an much speed too at linebacker. All oh those guys God. are really freaking fast, which is the s- crazy. The slowest one is Nick Bolton, who ran in the four sixes. So you have Willie Gay Jr., who was a four four something athlete, and a and Leo Chanel, who was a four five three at two hundred fifty pounds at a 40, 40 and a half inch <laughs> verter. Like, dude, it's just it's nuts. So they are now so fast on the second level. Yeah, that that Cincinnati or sorry, not Cincinnati, the Kansas City Chiefs defense is was such a liability last year. And they decided to go so far in on on revamping it. And and that is so far very successful. Don't be shocked if they end up with more of these best available guys that teams continue to overthink. The uh the New York Jets, too, who had a really strong day one. Uh not as uh, their one pick that they had. makes this a continued streak the other one's okay so so far after day one they had sauce gardner they garrett wilson and they had jermaine johnson filling needs uh ended up really lucking out with jermaine johnson they come back they draft Brees hall from iowa state which i think is a fantastic pick and then they get jeremy ruckert from ohio state which is it's a decent pick it's nothing crazy they missed out on trey mcbride and i think that they passed on some of the other tight ends that were available but i really like that that Brees hall pick for them especially after you comped him to, to Curtis Martin. But Michael Carter and Brees Hall, having the two of them together, I really like that that running back duo for the Jets this upcoming year. Yeah, I mean, they're so different, right? It's Michael Carter's obviously a smaller back, but he's really slippery. He kind of understands how to navigate space well. He's going to do things on third down. Brees Hall's 217 pounds, 30, uh, 40-inch verts, 43940. He's a early down ball carry and he's the number one running back in the class. I was talking with uh, Brian Driscoll yesterday, Joe, and he was like, I could argue that the Jets drafted three players at the top of the position, right? Because it's uh, the position groups. They drafted Ahmad Gardner, obviously, with the with their first pick. Then they got Garrett Wilson, who you could argue is the number one wide receiver. And then they got the number one running back in the top of the second round. So Good. It was a good point by Brian. I'm like, yeah, they they literally came away with the pretty much the top tier of every single position group this year. So he's a really good player. And and I was okay with the Ruckert pick. Like, I'm not a huge Jeremy Ruckert fan, but 
I mean, there were people that were hyping him up like, oh, he could be the first tight end off the board. He was not the first tight end off the board. He was a late third round pick, and that's fine for the value of that pick. But either way, your team has just gotten infinitely better. Mm. Like, it's just insane, man. You upgraded pass rush. You upgraded your wide receiver unit. You obviously got a number one corner opposite of Bryce Hall. Now you have the number one running back to add into what you already have with Michael Carter. It's a fantastic group, man. Fantastic group for the Jets so far. I, I try not to do too much projection, and we and we try not to be that draft show that's like already establishing that uh, a draft class is a failure, or or try to establish that one is like a home run because we we realistically won't know until three to four years from now. Right? We're we're not going to know with certainty. Heck, even after the first season, we won't even know for sure. But. Uh, we do have to provide some context on who's probably had the most bizarre draft. Uh, and I'm starting to question the decision-making of Bill Belichick, which usually doesn't work out well, trying to question Bill Bill Belichick's roster-building ability. But so far, the New England Patriots, they drafted Cole Strange, which we talked about. Uh, very odd would, pick. Would you, would you say that was a strange Shut pick? up. Nope. Stop. <laughs> no. No. You did? <laughs> God damn it. No. <laughs> Too early for this. It's too early for that. But so they drafted Cole Strange. Strange pick. Uh, the the Chattanooga offensive lineman. Which Who's a good need. player? Who's a good player? I don't want to sound like he's not a good player. Great yeah, player. Yeah. And he's a yeah. friend of the show. Uh-huh. They really wanted a guard. And, and Bill has always done this where if he likes a guy and he needs to fill a specific position, he just pulls the trigger. He doesn't care. Right. right. Which is very old, old school approach. But the it starts to get weirder because in round two, they really reached. They desperately reached and made probably one of the worst picks in the draft. They drafted Tyquan Thornton at round two, pick 18. Yikes. And round three at pick 21, they drafted Marcus Jones, cornerback from, from Houston, which is, which, which is a good pick. That's yeah. a good pick. Yeah, that's yeah. a good pick. I like that pick. But the Tyquan Thornton pick after the Cole Strange pick really detracts from their draft class. Like it just pulls that that draft class down so much. It's all based yeah. on the speed and it sucks. It's like why if they waited they could have gotten him today. Right. Right. Yeah, and it's it was a, it had to be an analytics based pick, man. Like it had to be, right? Like that was the 4-2. Bill an analytics guy? I don't know. I don't, I don't think know. He is. He might not be because you also drafted a, a Chattanooga guy. In, well, actually, no. Coltrane tested well, though, so it would be somewhat of an analytics pick. But you drafted Marcus Jones, who's a five foot eight corner in the third. So you're right. It's not an analytic-based pick, probably. They just really like Tyquan Thornton. And I'll say this. As a Notre Dame fan, I'm very happy about this, Joe. Do you know why? Why? Because the new wide receiver coach for the – for Notre Dame was Baylor's wide receiver coach last year, Chancey Stuckey. So that ah. looks good for Chancey Stuckey that he just took Tyquan Thornton to being a second round pick. He kind of developed him into that in only a year. So that's uh that's a little weird layer to this, you know, to agree. I was kind of happy about it for that reason. But look, Tyquan Thornton has developmental potential. I would have liked him somewhere on day three, like today, like four, fourth rounds. Cool. I can get there. Fifth round. Absolutely. He's not a second-round football player right now. He's got incredible speed. There's no doubt, but just kind of struggles tracking the football consistently. Doesn't have great hands, and he's very he's very thin. He's like 180 something pounds at nearly six foot three. Like it's he's not gonna. I don't think he's gonna play a ton this year unless he's just in a simplistic 
deep ball roll. Like that's the only thing that I can think of. Yeah, seriously. I mean, like, yeah, as either as either a uh as either a legitimate deep threat or if he's just kind of taking pressure off of other guys to kind of clear things out. I mean, I think he can do that as a rookie, but I don't think he's gonna be ready to do a lot of to handle the physical aspects of the NFL in year one. It's just unrealistic to expect. But adding that in with the Cole Strange pick, again, if Cole Strange is picked in the second round, I'm like, cool, good, 21, uh, 29 overall. Nah, we can't get there with that. We can't get there with that. The one redeeming quality is Marcus Jones, who I think is going to be a starting nickel relatively early in his career. And he's historically one of the best return men ever as a kick and punt returner. So he'll give you immediate contributions. But the Taekwon Thornton pick really just like pulls this whole draft out, man. You probably reached two to three rounds on this kid, even though – I understand he ran 4-2, whatever, and he's extremely fast, and there's a lot of upside with that. I get it, but, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 it's just a very underwhelming class right now, very underwhelming. They, they also made that decision with Sky Moore, Alec Pierce, and George Pickens all on the board. <sighs> Man. If you wanted, like, tall and just, like, I don't know. If you want to, I was going to say, if you want to just like tall and like freaky testing, like I probably would just take an Alec Pierce. I know right. he's not the same caliber well, of athlete, but like Pickens is also fast too. Like yes. it's not like, well, Pickens, Pickens has some off the field stuff though. That's a right. different conversation, but yeah, yeah. Like that's not bill before, but here's my, <laughs> true. here's my problem with it though. Before we transition to talking about these quarterbacks. Yep. They, they're paying Nelson Aguilar all this money. To be what I think Tyquan Thornton's probably going to be, which is the I, really I, fast guy that doesn't catch a lot of footballs. I, I can t- I could have told you that Nelson Aguilar was going to be a disaster, man. He's always good in his contract year. Every other year, he sucks. But yeah, that's a different conversation again. <laughs> uh, Ryan, I want to just wrap up with discussing these quarterbacks and the yep. fits. We end up not getting another quarterback until round three, and then we have a little bit of a run. We've got Sam Howell still on the board, which is just so Carson, crazy. Carson Strong, too. Carson Strong, Ooh, too. Man, yeah. some, some of these teams are going to get some really good value out of these kids. Yeah. I was saying this last night to my dad. We spend the whole cycle talking about how these teams are – they're in a position this year. They were in a position this year to either – draft the clump of guys, the the Sam Howell, Carson Strong, Malik Willis group early with mm-hmm. the intent of developing them and letting them sit and then maybe turning them into starters or going with the guys who they think are immediately ready to play that aren't don't have as large of a ceiling. They're, they're not going to uh, turn into to really don't have the potential to turn into really high-end quarterbacks. And the NFL decided to go that route. They decided to go with the Ritter picket route instead of the high projection route. And I, I'm just kind of curious, like what does that, what does it say about the quarterback evaluations? Well, I think it says that this quarterback class sucked and people were like <laughs> overvalued it tremendously. I mean, even Desmond wasn't Desmond Ritter's in the third round, right? No one was drafted in the second. So it's yeah. just like, yeah, I mean, I, I'm actually proud of the NFL, to be honest. I put this on Twitter, man. I, I thought people were going to panic for this class. I, I predicted there was going to be three to four quarterbacks in the first round. I really, I really truly believe that. I did. Because we've seen historically that teams just panic, man, and they force quarterbacks that they shouldn't force, and it happens all the time. I was very happy to see that the NFL was like, no, this isn't the class. Like, it's just not the class to have that. And honestly, I'm happy also 
that were getting players in the third round that deserve to be in the third rounds. So it tempers expectations. I think if you would have drafted Matt Corral, for instance, late in the first round, that puts just unrealistic expectations on a man. He's not ready to play. But now in the third rounds, I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like, there's a pathway to maybe being a player eventually, but you're not forced into that situation. Like, that's just unrealistic to expect that. So I was kind of proud of the NFL, as weird as that sounds, just a little bit. <laughs> so the three guys though, that were picked, which it is very crazy that we we didn't get a reach type here, but the three guys that were selected, Malik Willis is a Tennessee Titan, Matt Corral is a Carolina Panther, and Desmond Ritter is an Atlanta Falcon. The Desmond Ritter pick, uh, I, I just feel that in a year they're probably going to be drafting another quarterback, and this this is and, and you can and you can because you right. use a third round pick on him. So yeah, yeah you're not like if, buckled into the the chaos that could ensue with that. Yeah, if if Ritter ends up being a really high end backup, I think that was a much more realistic projection for him as we've discussed. Yeah, uh, Matt Corral being a Carolina Panther, I do I do like because. Mm-hmm. If they go and trade for Jimmy Garoppolo or if it's Sam Darnold at the start of this year, gives kind of Corral a little bit of time to settle in. If he's not it, they can redraft after they fire Matt Rule and they start over from scratch. But the last one, I actually really, really like this fit for Malik Willis being a Tennessee Titan. I think that he fits that offense well. Uh, It gives him time that Ryan Tannehill's not that young. And he we've seen kind of some signs of him slightly regressing a little bit and i think that that could start to really pick up they had some forethought with this willis pick and i would argue that that is a really really nice spot for him to land because in a couple years he could he could legitimately take over and be the starting quarterback and like like i wouldn't i wouldn't shake my head and disagree with you if Mm -hmm. he was starting at at a pretty high level for the titans yeah i mean to bring him down real quick and i'm going to keep this as brief as possible Malik Willis, I think, is the perfect situation. Heavy run team, going to use a lot of play action. I think that that's going to kind of unlock his ability as a deep ball passer and his ability as a runner. And he doesn't have, isn't forced into a situation where he has to play. Like you said, Ryan Tannehill is clearly regressing, clearly nearing the end. But there is a window of development now for Malik Willis, and there's a trajectory that maybe he's the next guy if he develops properly after a Ryan Tannehill. So I like that fit a lot. The Matt Corral one's interesting. Because the Panthers were a team that was like, are you going to draft a, a quarterback in the first round that has to play early on in a make-it-or-break-it year for Matt Rule? They obviously opted to not do that. I, whether it's Sam Darnold or they trade for one of those one of those veteran quarterbacks, that does not seem to be the route that they're going. So Matt Corral is not going to be forced into a bad situation either, which I, I also like. I think that Matt Corral has talent to maybe eventually become a starter, but another guy that you just should not be pressed. So I like that one t- too as well. The Falcons one's interesting. I, I don't know because, I mean, you're you're working with a shorter bridge, obviously, with a guy like a Marcus Mariota. I don't think anybody expects him to even be there the full two-year contract. So Ritter's a guy that I actually could see taking over at some point earlier than these two players, maybe the end of next season, maybe year two, whatever it is. You know I'm not a big Desmond Ritter fan, so I don't really – see the big appeal to that kind of scenario. And and again, if you're in th- he's a third round pick. So if he doesn't develop in this this kind of red shirt year, de facto red shirt year, then you can move on from him, right? Or not even move on from him. You can just tuck him in as a backup because you didn't pay draft high draft capital. So I like all three spots for different reasons. Malik Willis is definitely the one that I think has the most upside as far as development. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. The the Willis one is the best fit and 
Hell, I would argue him him being a Tennessee Titans a better fit than Kenny Pickett getting drafted in the first round to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, you know, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put put my stamp on this statement. In three years, the Pittsburgh Steelers will be redrafting or would have have redrafted their quarterback, and Malik Willis will still have established himself with the Tennessee Titans. I don't think that's a hot take. No, it's not a hot take. It's not a hot take at all. No, I agree with you. Okay, well, I think that's a good note, note to wrap us up on. I know. I, I don't usually agree with you too much. So yeah, I know. I, you, yeah, you were bashing me on Twitter with my with my draft grades. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, I, I didn't I didn't put them out there, you know. Someone said something first, so, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, you know, excuse yeah. me for you taking all the – you're on the East Coast. You took all the good picks. So I could have woke was, up was earlier. Should have woke up earlier. Yeah, I was going to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Was I supposed sure. to respond with the same exact teams that you sent in? Exactly. Was that what I was supposed just to have a, happen? Just a different order, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if yeah. I said something correct, you need to just agree different with it, right? Order. <laughs> Oh God! Um, all right, thanks for tuning in, folks. Be sure to hit subscribe. We're gonna we're gonna try to get some reaction to the final day. Uh, stay tuned for that, and we'll be back. Enjoy the rest of your week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.